Hello and welcome to Best Comics Ever. I'm your host, Dave Busing, the founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. You're listening to the early February release here of a recap of all the comic book stories that are read in January that will be added to the Best Comics of All Time list. If you're interested in seeing the full list from Watchmen, number one, to Wanted, number 470, you can go to ComicBookHerald.com slash TheBestComicsOfAllTime with a hyphen between the best comics of all time. Every month I go through and update all of the comic book stories I've read or that have been recommended to me to read to add to the list, and I go ahead and rank them against all of the stories we have on here. I will say right up front, thank you to our patrons of Comic Book Herald. You can go over to patreon.com slash comicbookherald to learn more about ways to support the site and, and make sure the best comics ever continues into the future, as well as some cool goals that will continue uh, to, to add new content and new ideas throughout the comic book Herald-verse. Speaking of which, My Marvelous Year, the Marvel Reading Club podcast that I'm doing with Zach Dean, is off and running. If you're interested in joining the club in which we read through every single chronological year of Marvel Comics history, year by year, in curated, manageable lists, and then talk about them, check out MyMarvelousYear.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts, and just search for My Marvelous Year. And with both Best Comics Ever and My Marvelous Year, those of you listening, first off, thank you, and second, rate and review on whatever podcast player you're using, that will go a long way to helping us find new readers and, and new members of the reading club. So speaking of my marvelous year, one thing that I have uh, somewhat resisted since I put together the best comics of all time list is ranking huge chunks of Marvel comic stories. Comic Book Herald, as many of you are likely familiar, is pretty Marvel focused. Um, I talk a lot about Marvel comics, Marvel reading orders throughout history, and I have a lot of lists such as, you know, I have my favorite 100 Marvel stories from 1998 to 2015. I have a lot of essential Marvel guides from 1961 through 2000, but I don't necessarily have just one master list of all of my favorites. And a big part of the reason for that is as I was putting together the best comics of all time list initially, I, I had so much Marvel content that I just I wasn't sure totally how to break it up into chunks. For example, it's not that difficult to say, you know, Watchmen is my number one ring comic just as an achievement and as a story. And by comparison, something like uh, Chris Claremont's time writing Uncanny X-Men, which spans 16 years, there's more debate and there's more internal struggle that can go into deciding how much of that to rank at once. Do you rank it all as one thing? Do you rank individual chunks? Do you rank Claremont's interactions with different artists such as John Byrne or Paul Smith? Are those eras considered different? So that's something I've been thinking of and what I've decided I'm going to do because uh, a lot of heralds have requested this and I've been adding new Marvel stories to the list as I've been reading them in chunks, um, you know, like as part of the Marvel Unlimited updates I do here on Best Comics Ever. Uh, I'm going to be adding the My Marvelous Year selections that we cover in in the chunks that they have been collected in more often than not. So for example, the first story I'm going to talk about here is Doctor Strange stories that ran in Strange Tales in, in Marvel Comics in the early 60s. 
and it covers Strange Tales issues 110, 111, then skips a few, 114 to 146. And this is all collected in the Doctor Strange Epic Collection. Marvel does a nice job with these, not quite omnibus, but really almost an omnibus level of um, of issues contained. And this is the first one where you have the original Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, the artist, illustrator, and oftentimes plotter, uh, work together putting out these these original Doctor Strange comics that became uh, a really big deal in the 60s in particular where Strange was a he was a superhero who just was so different from the rest of the superheroes that were being created in the Marvel Silver Age and of course he really um, ultimately connected quite quite well with the sort of psychedelic movements that came you know as as albums like revolver or like the velvet underground getting started with with velvet underground and nico a lot of the psychedelic movements that we're seeing in music dr strange became kind of a pop culture phenomena in connection with those so i'll be talking about that story arc first um and, and looking to rank it again it's going to be tough i think to rank these silver age marvel comics uh, by comparison to a lot of these because they are extremely important and I love and respect them in a lot of ways but I wouldn't necessarily rather read a big chunk of Silver Age comics you know Marvel style than than a lot of modern books so when I look at my top 100 comics and I've said on here a bunch you know anything inside the top 100 is really my gold standard of you know i think so there's the list is called the best comics of all time the top 100 and i'd say right now it goes to about 107 which is where wicked and divine ranks right now the top 107 those are really what i would say are the best comics of all time and then kind of once you get past that point it's it's getting into new tiers um, and I've actually, there was a good comment from um, patron and, and longtime reader Gideon who asked, you know, basically what are these different tiers? Like what would you, what would you actually consider them? And I, I've commented on the page on Comic Book Herald, you know, specifically where I, I think these might go. And I may break down actually and put the tiers onto the list um, in, in the coming months. But right now, basically what I'm saying is, again, top 107, great stuff. Uh, once you get to like book 220, I would say that's kind of the end of tier two and then you kind of go to like 312 so really we're looking at like you know kind of 100 issue chunks um and then really i would say like everything from 359 on i start getting into ugh, i don't know and then by the time we get to number 457 on the list before i add these new stories uh I, I would say these are like the actively not good stories on a list is it weird that i have actively not good stories on a list called the best comics of all time yeah a little bit and that's why when we hit 500 and again as i'm adding good stuff and, and reading my marvelous year you know the entire history of marvel and adding all these marvel stories i love will will help us push those books out um and then i can move them to a, a worst comics of all time list or something else entirely so Back to the, the point, Doctor Strange, Master of the Mystic Arts, the Stan and Steve work establishing Stephen Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme in the Marvel Universe, where should it go? And again, I would say it's not one of my all-time favorites. I think these are really interesting comics. They're clearly, clearly very important. You get Ditko doing what I would say. Is, so Steve Ditko is, I think everybody knows Stan Lee is kind of the Marvel guy. Steve Ditko is the co-creator of... Um, alongside Stan of characters like Doctor Strange, but also Spider-Man. So he was working on two of what I would consider Marvel's best Silver Age books. 
and uh, his work in Doctor Strange is, I don't know if it's necessarily better, you know, flat out, but it's definitely more interesting to me. He's playing with a lot of supernatural dimensions and and sort of these crazy, like, mystic realms in a way that really nothing else, um, maybe Fantastic Four a little bit, and, and maybe Thor when you get, like, cosmic more, uh, but it's it's unique to the superhero genre, and it's, it's you know, uh, inspirational to a lot of what we see today. So as far as where the story goes, again, I think like we're looking at a lot of importance and some really fun, interesting ideas. This is where you get uh, the arc from issue Strange Tales 130 to, I believe, 146 technically, is this long sort of interconnected arc you could call the search for eternity. And this is where Stan and Steve really start getting into uh, the Marvel cosmic realm and what it could become, uh, where they actually create here the character Eternity, who, if you know Marvel Cosmic, if you read stories like Infinity Gauntlet, is just this giant, uh, you know, it takes like almost a human form, but it's just made up of planets and space, you know, like basically big black empty space. So, all right, again, I think I'm going to put this in the realm of 150. Um, I've got Infinity Gauntlet right now at 140, and then Rebirth of Thanos and Thanos Quest right below it. I definitely don't like these strange issues quite as much as that. Um, I've got the George Perez Wonder Woman at 146. I would actually say it's it's somewhat on par with a collection of stories like that. The George Perez Wonder Woman era is post-Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a mid-80s DC book. I would say I like Doctor Strange more, uh, probably just because I like Doctor Strange more as a character. So that raises the question, do I like Doctor Strange more than the Gail Simone written era of Birds of Prey? Or right above that, Bandette, Volume 1, and the Fifth Beetle graphic novel uh it's kind of an autobiography of the unheralded quote-unquote fifth beetle um hmm, this is tricky i knew it would be i'm gonna put it right above george perez's wonder woman and right underneath birds of prey because honestly i'd rather read birds of prey so all right let's grab that dr strange master of the mystic arts the stan and steve years and they will be our new 100 and if i can find it again 46 on the list all right so the next marvel book from the silver age i'm going to talk about is fantastic four this is my i mean i spider-man is my favorite marvel character i think until you get to at least 1967, I think Fantastic Four is pretty clearly the best Marvel book coming out during that time. This is the collaboration between Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, and of course very various inkers and, and letterers, typically lettering by Artie Semek or, or Sam Rosen. Um, the first collection here, and again, like so my Marvelous year, we're going through year by year looking at Marvel, and at the time of recording this here on, on early February, uh, we have released the first two full years of Marvel books, so 1962 through 1963. Uh, that's going to get you, and again, like 1964 is coming. 
throughout February. So that's going to get you more or less through the first um, 30 issues of FF, which is what this first omnibus collection has is Fantastic Four number one to number 30 and Fantastic Four annual number one. So it's very important to call out that I am not ranking at this time the entirety of Stan and Jack's work on Fantastic Four. If I was, we'd be looking in the top 10 range. Honestly, we, we, I mean, I'd have to, definitely we're looking inside the top 100 and considering where in the pantheon this is going to go. Doing just the first 30 issues, I definitely can't go nearly that high. And honestly, I actually like probably the Stan and Steve uh, Doctor Strange collection as a whole more than just the first 30 issues. So I think the first 30 issues, this is like the birth of the Marvel Universe. I mean, truly, the Silver Age here in, in these pages of Fantastic Four, there's a lot of really fun ideas. There's a lot of silly, very clearly, like, these are old comics by, by new reader standards, you know, ideas and ways that these stories play out. Um, but the team really starts to come together, uh, Reed, Sue, Ben, and Johnny. You know, they be, they're clearly the most compelling team in the Marvel Universe, and, and I, for my money, Ben Grimm is the most compelling character in in the silver age uh of marvel comics i even slightly more than peter parker who again i i quite quite like as a character so i'm gonna put fantastic four volume one or omnibus collection volume one again just the first 30 issues in the annual uh, the annual is this giant size story about namor trying to attack new york city and the fantastic four stopping him um i don't think it's quite as good as black sad uh I probably would rather re I reread Deadly Class not that long ago. It's going to go above Golden Age Wonder Woman, though, so that's actually not too hard. So I'm going to put it between Deadly Class, which I just reread and re ranked, and Golden Age Wonder Woman is where we will put Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 1. So that's going to be right up in the 160 range. I think, again, it is important. Like Marvel's Silver Age output to me doesn't really peak. So my favorite year of, of Marvel Silver Age books is 1966. I think this is when they get extremely, extremely good. And I'll be ranking some of those in the coming months as we add more issues. Um, and especially like, for example, you know, an Amazing Spider-Man uh, collection of the, the Stan and Steve work. Those are going to work their way uh, up pretty high. But right now, we're just, we're just in the 100 to 200 range, which is, again, me saying this comic I like a lot. So that's going to bring us to the Umbrella Academy. Now, this is a Dark Horse-released book written by Gerard Way with art by Gabriel Ba. Uh, Gerard Way, frontman of My Chemical Romance, who has turned over the past uh, you know, decade plus now to comics in a lot of ways. And he is a Grant Morrison disciple, sort of in every in every way that you might imagine that to be true. He is uh, wildly imaginative. He has some really, really great ideas. He doesn't feel like just... Uh, an outsider, like a music guy turning to comics. He feels like a real like comic book writer, you know, like he knows what he's doing. And Umbrella Academy, which is coming to Netflix here in, I think, two weeks, um, it it shows it. I mean, it feels like a book that is, that is written by somebody who really, really loves comics. So I'm actually probably going to rank that um, even higher than where I just put the Fantastic Four Omnibus. The question is... How much higher do i like it more than deadly class i think i do um umbrella academy for those of you who don't know is the initial cycle is 12 issues 
um, you know, two collected volumes, art by like really, really amazing art by Guy Rielba. Uh, he's kind of channeling Mike Mignola. So if you've seen Hellboy comics and kind of that look, it's got that feel. And really what it is, is it's a 2008 version of, of a new sort of superhero team. And basically they were superhero, they were kind of a superhero kid team with a messed up kind of family upbringing. And now they're adults and they have all the baggage that being superhero kids, you know, brought to them and they're dysfunctional and their family, but they may or may not hate each other's guts. And in between that, you have some really inventive power sets. You have, I mean, kind of every glorious comic trope and genre and science idea that you can think of, you know, you get space travel and time travel and just weird, strange groups of people who just want to see the world burn. And, uh, it's all, it's, it's, funny but but not a comedy you know by any measure um and it's just it's a good team you immediately fall uh maybe not fall in love but you definitely are going to be interested in these characters i'm really excited to see it come to life on netflix frankly so how high do i want to rank these 12 issues scrolling up here um and i'm actually i probably underrated this when i was thinking about initially i'm going to go even higher than where i just had uh, those two Marvel Silver Age Omnibus collections. I don't know that it's better than Infinity Gauntlet or Rebirth of Thanos. It's So I've got Immortal Hulk here at number 142. Just the first volume right now by L. Ewing and Joe Bennett. It's, oh man, I like Immortal Hulk a lot, but Umbrella Academy, taken as a whole, is probably better than that. The Gabriel Bar, Bar art is really great. So let's grab... Umbrella Academy, and put it here up at the new, what's it going to be, 142 on the list. All right, I think I got time for about one more story to rank, and I'm going to uh, skip over Checkmate here with DC Comic by Greg Rucker and Jesus Saez, which I think would be my next highest ranked story. Um, it's put, comes uh, kind of post-Infinite Crisis, so 2006, 2007 DC book. I'm going to skip that and actually go s- close to the same time period to Seven Soldiers. This is the uh, Grant Morrison-written seven miniseries that basically tried to sort of relaunch and give new ideas to seven um, really D-list DC characters, with some exceptions. Uh, that Morrison, you know, set out, Morrison being one of the most well-known comic book writers of all time, and he's done some incredible work, like All-Star Superman, uh, We Three, um, you know, books you're going to find. Uh, Doom Patrol is probably my highest of his, his run on that uh, in the early Vertigo days. You're going to find a lot of his, Morrison's comics on my, you know, the high parts of the best comics of all time list. Seven Soldiers, I had hopes that it would be quite that good. Um, it really fits into his kind of interesting what is called like a hyper crisis where he's working with all these crazy cosmic meta ideas it really it kind of builds in a lot of ways to a final crisis which is a book i've tried to get into a number of times and and is fascinating but really difficult um to just kind of enjoy seven soldiers i would put in a similar category it's fascinating i admire the heck out of the ambition and the creative decisions that are being made. Morrison's working with a lot of interesting artists here who are doing some some very, very cool work. I particularly like 
uh, Doug Monkey doing a Frankenstein story. So, all right. So speaking of the seven soldiers here are, and I'll probably forget some, but Bulleteer, Frankenstein, Clarion, the witch boy, the guardian, um, who am I missing? Zatanna is probably the most well-known, I would say, because she's had a role in, you know, the Justice League and Young Justice and, and Morrison plays with that a little bit. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, Bulleteer, I said. Mr. Miracle of the New Gods, who again has become extremely well-known because Mr. Miracle most recently by Tom King and Mitch Gerards is an amazing comic. Um, Morrison's version isn't isn't quite that top-notch. Oh, and Shining Knight is the seventh. So again, some of those names, you might say who, some may have passing familiarity. Even in the case of like Mr. Miracle, Morrison's not writing the Mr. Miracle that everybody knows, uh, which would be Scott Free, who's the the original version of the character that Jack Kirby created back with the fourth world in the early 70s. Morrison takes Shiloh Norman, who kind of inherited the role. So it's, it's an interesting approach. Um, and again, like he's got these manic, wild, big ideas that you can tell maybe look great on paper. Uh, but if you're going to read Seven Soldiers, you need like an annotated guide. And, you know, a lot of people have done some really interesting analysis online, and it goes a long way to explaining a lot of what is going on. But I do also fault Morrison as a writer for leaving so much to be interpreted. I mean, I would say Morrison's comics at their most difficult, at their most challenging, feel to me a lot like um, authors like James Joyce or Thomas Pynchon, where, or, or even like a David Foster Wallace, where you can tell there's a big idea. You can tell that there's thinking here that critical, high-minded, literary analysts are going to have a field day with. But as a story, it's just, it's tedious and it's not enjoyable. And that's a big part of comics. And I think, you know, Grant Morrison, he gets that more often. He gets that right more often than he gets it, you know, muddled, I think. Um, you know, again, we're talking one of the greatest living comics writers. Seven Soldiers just didn't quite hit for me. I don't, again, I read the entire omnibus. I love having it in my library. I'm going to go back to it again because it's fascinating. Um, but it did not hit as much as I wanted it to. Uh, I do think right now I'd put it above where I have Final Crisis, which I'm, again, like I'm coming back to that thing. I'm always going to keep coming back to Final Crisis and trying to figure out exactly what's going on because I know I'm missing stuff. But Seven Soldiers isn't going to go too crazy high. It's not better than We Three which is another Morrison comic that is very accessible. Um, how high do I want it to go is really the question. I like it more than the first volume of Invisibles, which is Morrison's very personal vertigo work that I've never really connected with either. I think it's one of the craziest things about Morrison is I would consider him one of my favorite comic book writers, but I also have tons of comics I can reference of his that I've just never connected with. And that speaks to some of his prolific output. So I think Seven Soldiers, it's not better than Legends of the Dark Knight Venom. Or, for that matter, the new Donny Cates written Venom. <laughs> Which is just kind of happenstance that those are next to each other. So I'm going to put it in the 340s. That's where it's going to land. And yeah, I mean, I you you kind of have to read Seven Soldiers for yourself, but it's not a real high recommend for me. 
because it is so obtuse. You know, it's definitely, it works as a Morrison binge if you're really going through his works. It does not really work as a as a DC Comics, um, you know, like getting familiar with the universe kind of book. So, all right. So from there, I'm going to be ranking Checkmate, X-Men Second Coming, Uncanny X-Men Disassembled, the first 10-issue weekly series that was just released towards the end of 2018 as well as the recently concluded Exile series by Saladin Ahmed and artist Javier Rodriguez, and finally, the first six issues of Aquaman by Peter David in 1994. So I'll be adding those to the list. That'll bring us up uh, in that 480s range. Again, we're coming close to 500 here. That'll be exciting. And again, if you go to compacarol.com slash the best comics of all time, you'll be able to find all of these rankings once I have updated. So thanks everyone for listening. Again, you can um, find more Best Comics Ever and all of my writing at compocarol.com. Music for the show is written and um, produced by Anthony Weiss. It's anthonyweis.com. Go there for more of his excellent tunes. And finally, thank you very much to all of our Patreons over at patreon.com slash for making Best Comics Ever a reality. So subscribe to the pod here. Subscribe to My Marvelous Year. Check out what we're doing at the Reading Club if you're interested in, in really getting the Marvel Universe experience. And everyone else, thank you and enjoy the comics.